We are a nation that prides itself on rugged individualism, and while that can be a good thing, it can also get us off track and lead us away from being Christ followers. Let's dive deeper into this reality today on the Critical Faith Podcast with Pastor Sue Collar. It's not about sex. Let me just get that out there right away so you don't go down a rabbit trail as you listen to the reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Because we're going to hear Paul address a familiar topic in his letters, relationships with prostitutes. So it's tempting to think Paul is primarily concerned about sexual relationships. But that's just an example he uses to get at something much more important. So listen to the reading, but listen between the lines and beneath the words. And then we'll talk about what's really going on. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall be one flesh, but anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. If someone asked you what your goal in life was, how would you answer? What would you say your goal, your purpose, your chief end is in life? According to Wall Street, our chief end or purpose in life is to accumulate as much money as we can before we die. According to politics, at least right now, it seems like the ultimate goal is to accumulate as much power as you can and certainly more than the person next to you. In football games, that's easy. What's the goal of football games? To win. Even in marriages, I think we have an idea of what a worthy goal is, a worthy end is for a marriage, and that is to have a happy marriage. I've been, of course, watching everything going on in the world and in our country for the last you know, week or so, and uh, so I've been trying to think about how would we define the, the goal, the chief end of our American way of life. And the, the closest I could come, I think, at this moment in time is that our goal and our purpose is to live independent lives free from the constraints of others. And that fits with our nation's history. I mean, we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. We are a nation built on freedoms. I mean, we fought a war to be free from the rule of a king in England. And we pride ourselves on fighting for our freedoms and championing the rights of the individual. We've given our lives to our purposes and our goals. 
Now, for some people, that purpose becomes a driving passion, all-consuming. And that can be both good and bad. Some of the comforts, electricity, cell phones that we take for granted are the result of people passionate about their gifts and what they can do and what's possible. And they've given their lives to pursuing the development of these things. And we've all benefited uh, from them. I would posit that the COVID-19 vaccine fits under that category. People who are passionate about saving lives, and so they put in the long hours and the sleepless nights to develop this vaccine for us. But if we aren't careful, our goals, our purposes can become our masters, consuming us to the point that everything else, even everything that is good, takes a back seat. Love, community, faith. At least for the goals I mentioned, you know, they aren't by themselves good or bad. But we forget sometimes that we are not the sum total of our bank balances. Our value is not dependent on whether we win or lose a game or a contest or how much power we have over others or whether our freedom is unlimited or not. None of that defines who we are. But I think sometimes we base our worth and our value on those things. Now, I said earlier the scripture from 1 Corinthians isn't about sex. I think after hearing it, you can understand why I needed to make that disclaimer. But it's not. It's about who we give our lives to. It's about how we measure our lives. Or to be even more specific, it's about who we belong to and who we are. We belong to Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Our value is in Christ. Our hope is in Christ. Our purpose is in Christ. Paul is saying that you become a part of whatever you give your life to. And whatever you give your life to becomes your master. Power, winning, even patriotism. The more you give your life for those things, even though there's good in all of them, the more you lose yourself in that world, the more power you give it over you. But those things are not our masters. Read the Corinthian letters if you haven't for a while, both of them. Paul spends a lot of time reminding them that they already belong to Christ. They're a new creation in Christ. They are no longer who they were. They're part of the body of Christ. But they keep forgetting that. And they keep putting other things in the place of God in their lives. This is their list. You tell me if it sounds familiar. Money, sex, power, winning, and even then, patriotism. All of those things, they let become the masters of them. And Paul had to continually remind them that, that Christ is their Lord. They belong to Christ and not to any of these other things. So as good as some of those things may be, they do not define who you are. They are not your goal, your purpose in life. Whatever we put above Christ, even if it seems a good thing, corrupts us because that's not who we are. So I look at where we are as a nation, I see us fracturing, even as a Christian community. Because somewhere along the line, the freedoms we've been fighting for the goals we've embraced, even the noble and the good ones, have become more important than Christ. More important 
than loving our neighbor, more important than God, and anyone and everything else has become expendable. Let me give you an example. I think patriotism is a good thing. I know patriotic Republicans, I know patriotic Democrats, I know patriotic independence. Sometimes we figure that anyone who's not like us isn't patriotic, but patriotism is everywhere and it is a good thing. I feel that I'm patriotic as well and partially it's because I've chosen to live in this country. I don't live here because I was born here. It wasn't just a default. I actually had the chance to have a career overseas in Australia and I'll tell you it was tempting because hey it's Australia. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. I chose to come back here to the United States because this is my home and I love this country as imperfect as it is and I'm going to fight for our country to be healthy and whole and just. So I think patriotism is a good thing but just witness the fight that happens, the split that has happened in some churches when a session has made the choice to remove the American flag from the sanctuary saying that that time we worship God and we don't put anything above God. In some churches, just the simple act of putting the Christian flag at a higher place of honor than the American flag has led blitz in churches. But let me tell you this, in 30 some years of ministry, I have yet to see anyone get upset when the cross disappears from the table for a while. That's when something good can corrupt us, when we forget who we belong to, when we forget our prime goal and purpose in life is to glorify God. Everything else comes second. Paul said, everything is lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. And I think we're struggling with finding that balance between what is good and lawful and even desirable and when it crosses over the line into not being beneficial. And I think that's when our pursuit of it pulls us away from remembering who we are in Christ, when we forget that God is among us, when it pulls us away from remembering that we belong not to ourselves but to Christ. We follow Him and no one else. Other signs when something good has cross that line into not being beneficial, it's when we forget that we're part of a body of Christ. We aren't just an individual doing whatever we want. It's not just about me. It's about Christ's body active in the world. I think when these other things put our agenda and our pride and our goals above loving as Christ loved, then we've crossed that line. And when it ceases to give glory to God, and instead gives glory either to ourselves or someone else, it has ceased to be beneficial. This happens in our personal lives too. Who can argue that having a good income, a, a good job, and some savings is you know, a bad thing? I, I think those are really good things. They're all very important to me. But I've seen marriages torn apart when a spouse, sometimes both spouses, pour so much of their energy into that, that that becomes more important than the health of their marriage and I've seen marriages crumble. Good things, all things are lawful, but they aren't always beneficial. According to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, our main purpose, our goal in life, our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. Paul puts that a little differently. 
He says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you were bought with a price? Therefore glorify God in your body. Together we are the body of Christ. We are Christ's presence in this world, not individually, but as a community, both in our individual actions and as a community of faith. All that we say, all that we think should give glory to God. When we make that our priority, it becomes a daily reminder of who we are and it helps us put everything else in perspective. When that becomes our priority, it encourages and lifts up not only us, but those around us. Because the way we give glory to God is to live as the redeemed people we are and to invite others into that relationship too. This means loving our neighbors with the same kind of love that God has for us. A love that's non-judgmental and that's forgiving and caring and encouraging. As we talked about last week, that non-judgmental part may be one of the hardest things for us because it's so easier to have a holier-than-thou attitude. But all that does is push people away. It, uh, it solidifies them on the path that we're judging them for in the first place. We also run the risk of using love as a weird excuse to hate. It's amazing how we can turn something holy and good into something destructive. All that we say, all that we do, all that we think, should give glory to God. And we measure that by how authentic and how gracious and how sacrificial our love is. Not just individually, but collectively. God is glorified when we remember we are part of a community, part of a we, not a me. God is glorified when we consider the needs of others and not just our own. God is glorified when we notice those who are hurting and even if it's inconvenient, we stop to be present with them. God is glorified when we use our gifts and our talents and our resources, and, and if we feel we don't have any, just our energy and our time, to strengthen the community of faith and other communities we are a part of. When we expand our capacity to forgive each other, God is glorified. When we practice a love that listens and that understands and seeks restoration, God is glorified. When we practice giving power to those who haven't had power so that they can have full, whole lives like we want for ourselves, God is glorified. God is glorified whenever we lift others up and whenever we step back from saying, it's all about me and what I want. Don't give yourself over to anyone but the God who loved you, who died for you, who was raised for you, and who prays for you. Don't let anyone else have authority above that in your life. Don't let any other purpose supplant the goal that God has for us. It sounds, I, I know, I guess self-serving to say God's goal is for us to glorify God, but when you think about what that looks like, you realize God's goal is for everyone to live in peace, to have what they need, to know that they are loved and cared for, to know that they are forgiven, to live whole, full lives. Anything that supplants that, anything that says, I'm gonna work for it for this group of people, but I don't care about that group of people, you've crossed over to the point where it's not helpful, it's not beneficial. Don't let anything detract you from God's goal for our lives together. So friends, let us live as God's redeemed people let us practice the kind of love 
that God has and let us give God the glory in everything we do. Thanks for joining us today. Come discover something different and unique at First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, a place where faith is nurtured, curiosity is encouraged, diversity is welcomed, and all are loved. Learn more at www.fpclincoln.org or join our Facebook community at First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln.